I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the On The Box podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And we are back after a long break. And you know what? You need a long break after doing Game of Thrones and, and covering all seven episodes weekly. We we needed a bit of break. But that was an epic show. And to come back from a hiatus, you need an epic guest. And I've got with me today my long-time partner in crime. It's Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing, Dave? I am tremendous, guys. Tremendous, tremendous. And we're going to stay away from football for once, and we're going to talk television. I mean, that is that is God, weird because that defending yesterday <laughs> nearly gave me a fucking stroke. <laughs> you know, it was heart attack football. We know this. Oh. Everyone knows it. It's Liverpool. Yeah, it, it is literally cardiac arrest football. Like that's <laughs> yeah, it. Like. It's horrible. But three points, and yeah. what we're covering today is a brand new show. Well, it was out a couple of months ago. I think July it was released on Netflix called Ozark. We both really enjoyed this. So as yeah. as usual, what we do on uh, a non Game of Thrones on the Box podcast is we go through a bit of a spoiler friendly section. So if you guys never heard of this show and you're just listening to this because you love to hear Dave's voice, then make sure you listen to the next five ten minutes. And then if you want to watch it, because I'm telling you this is a good show, uh, come back and then listen to the rest because there's no point spoiling it because we are going to spoil everything after this section. So Dave. Does this remind you of anything? Yeah, it actually reminds me a bit of Breaking Bad because of the main character. Marty Bird is the type of geek that you don't ever expect to see uh, doing anything outside the lines of the law. Yeah. Very much like Walter White. Financial uh, advisor, right? I mean, he's yeah, not even... But he's, financial yeah. advisor, and it, like even his appearance, like he's... He's a well presented, but he's a he's a small guy. He's not physically intimidating or anything like that. And he doesn't have like you know, if if you met John Malkovich in the street, you'd think John Malkovich was carrying a knife or something, because his face looks like it's borne the brunt of decisions that he's made in his life. Whereas Jason Bateman's almost he, he looks much younger than he actually is. He's almost a little bit baby faced. So for me, it, like, 
that from that aspect, it reminds me of, of Breaking Bad. And I, I, to be honest, in terms of the quality of the show, like that's the kind of class I would put it into as well. Um, that's I massive. It, that's massive because Breaking Bad's historically people obviously put one of the best up, shows of all time. Yeah, put it up there. But I, th- I think I think this has the potential to get there because you're looking at a show that's brilliantly written, brilliantly directed, and brilliantly acted, and. To, with Bateman again, it's such a like it's such a far step from what you're used to seeing him in. Like Jason Bateman, you always think of as like more of a comedic actor, you know. Arrested Definitely. Development is yeah, what he's most famous for. Hancock, Horrible Bosses, Zootopia, stuff like that. Like more family friendly kind of comedic stuff. But this role is just. Like it's a million miles from from anything he's done before, and frankly, he absolutely nailed it. Like he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and also he directed four of the episodes, he so did. the first two yeah. and the last two. So if you're looking for something that's you're a big fan of Jason Bateman, then this is totally different to what he does. Like, yeah. there's no comedy, by the way. This is this show. This is non-spoiler, obviously. It's intense. Okay, it's yeah. dark. Yeah. It's not funny. There is, there may be one or two lines, but honestly, there's nothing that makes you laugh your head off. You will be, your stomach will churn at some points. It'll be kind of like tense. What the hell's happening next? It's one of those. And it leaves you thinking as well. It does. Yeah. You can't be watching this and be on your phone. No, no, no. Yeah. You've got to literally shut everything off. Yeah. This is one of those where you've just got to lock yourself into the show and, and focus on it. Cause if you miss a small detail, it can throw you for, up to two or three episodes, if you miss a small detail earlier on, early on, you won't know what's happening later on. And like the, they refer back constantly to things that have happened in the earlier episodes of the show. So it's it's just very very well done. Like I say, it's it's brilliantly written. Like it's just it's so good. And every one of the actors in this show absolutely smashes their part. Yeah, I agree. Before we do go to some stats, the guy who wrote it, I don't know if I say his name right, Bill Dubuque, Dubuque, whichever way, this guy actually has spent 25 years, has a cabin, sorry, for 25 years in the Ozarks. So that's why he actually ended up writing a show around that because he found... The the Blue blue Cat Lodge, something like that. Basically... There was a similar, there's a similar place there. They've obviously changed the name for rights and, you know, they, they don't ever want to put the same name in, but there's something there. Bill actually worked at it. Exactly the same one. He actually worked there when he was younger. So it's, there's, there's a real sense to this as well. Like, as in, it's the Ozarks. The story's fictional, but the place is totally real. It's beautiful as well. So if you're looking for something that's really nice to look at as well, in terms of, um, you know, lo- locale is nice, isn't it? Like the whole, Scenery. Exactly. It's just a beautiful place. It's stunning. It's stunning. Like, so. it's, it, it, it's absolutely stunning. And um, the, the writer as well, he's also the guy that wrote the film The Accountant, which came out last year, and it was mm. really, really good. And he Great. did The Judge back in 2014, and it was good as well. So, like, he, he's got a good pedigree. He's and, quite young, then, like, quite new then, isn't he? And he looks quite young. Yeah, well, actually, like, yeah only, he's only, he's only been around three, four years. And it, like again, I think getting Bateman here is the is the key because, like Gag said, he's he directs four episodes. He's obviously the main character, and he's one of the executive producers. So he's bought all into this, and this is a guy who's 
been on quite a rise for the last couple of years. So he's not going to throw his name to crap. And like, to be honest, I think this is a massive win for Netflix because obviously, you know, they had great success with, um, House of Cards and a couple of others. But like, let's, if we're being honest, Netflix, some of the Netflix original stuff has been a little bit crap. House of Cards and, and Orange is the New Black and Narcos. They are obviously massive. Stranger Things. Strange, Stranger Things yeah, is huge. Nuts. Yeah. The Crown was very good. But those are the cream. You, those are the cream. Yeah. The and when you sit down and look at it, like some of the Marvel stuff obviously has been good. Some has been less good, but they've, they've produced a lot of crap as well. But this was a real kind of statement that, you know, they're, they're going to be up in their game, which they need to do. They really do need to do that. If they're going to be investing so much money, into original content. It's shows like this that's going to bring in all the extra viewers they want and, you know, hopefully season two follows on from where season one left off in terms of the quality of the show because, like I say, I genuinely believe this show has the potential when they finish their run people for people to look at it and say that that is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Wow, that's massive. And you know what? I'm going to put some of this in context. Um, there's, I've talked about demand expressions before. So the stats section, as we normally do, this show from 27th of August to 2nd of September, 14.75 million demand expressions for it. Now remember, demand expressions from Parrot Analytics are total audience demand being expressed for a title. So that audience demand reflects the desire, engagement, and consumption of content weighted by importance. So a stream or download is basically a higher expression of demand than like a, a like or a comment, for example. So in comparison, during that time, so between 27th August, 2nd September, um, just now in 2017, Stranger Things was at 12.8 million. Obviously, the trailer was out. So a lot of that will be social media. Narcos was at 12.3 million. New new series was out. Defenders at 11.2. Only, again, just came out. Disjointed just come out, 9.1 million. So, you know, I mean, and Hand, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, 8.7 million. No, compared to that, 14.75 million. That's pretty damn impressive. It tells you how it was number, number one in that week. So this is out, this was out in July, folks, right? So in September, August and September, it's doing that. Now, an inter- interesting comparison of the shows when they were actually released. Narcos released early September. So the whole time. Of so far in September, twenty-seven point two million demand expressions. That just tells you how big that is for Netflix. Okay, Ozark in July, fifteen point two million. Not bad. Stranger Things, ten point nine in July two thousand sixteen. Defenders, eight point nine million August two thousand seventeen. So, like Dave says, some of the Marvel stuff is a bit. It's not as big as some of the like people think it's big, but it's not as big as some of their. Their A, you know, their A game, their class stuff. 13 Reason Why, 7.3 million in March. I mean, that grew with word of mouth, though, later on because of the topics and stuff. But just compare for for a second. Ozark, 15.2 million in July. And Narcos. I mean, I've got to cover Narcos. So we will do that in the future. But a, a, another brilliant show. But Ozark, it didn't really get, Dave, that much publicity. Like, as in, it was, you know, before it came out. I don't think it was massively hyped. I didn't spend much money on it. No, and- they didn't. And for the numbers it's producing, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know? And I think, like, as you mentioned, Stranger Things and, and 13 Reasons Why, and obviously The Crown as well, like, those three all came out since last summer, 2016. Yeah. Mm. And I think that what they've done is they've, they're fine-tuning how 
like how they promote and how they release things. Because if you look back at some of the older stuff that when they would release, like they'd be hyping it and hyping it and hyping it for weeks and months on end. And it'd be terrible. Like muck. But they they've sort of found like their perfect formula. And I think they nailed it on this. And I think this is the type of show that if you sell it in a cause because it's a, like it's it's a, it's not a show where like it kind of blows your mind in the first episode or the second episode. It does episode. grip you, though. It, it, it does it, that's grip what, you. But that, that's what it does. It yeah. grips you mm. and it draws you in. Yep, definitely. It's, it's not like, like, you can think of some shows over the years where, like, the very first episode just blows your mind. And then after that, it kind of all falls away. Whereas with this, it grips you and it just, it's, it's almost like opera music. It yeah. builds and builds and builds it and does. builds. All the way to and, the last episode, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the why it's so perfect that they do, didn't overhype it. They didn't oversaturate the market with promotion for it. Very subtle ads. And as the show progressed, they started to amp up the promotion because of the, you know, the, the how handy Netflix is for everybody where they release the whole thing at once. You can. You can just binge watch it at any point. You can just jump in and catch up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. Because because of the style of service. So if you decide to to jump in and for week eight, you can just sit back and watch weeks one to seven before you catch up week with you know for episode eight. You know, or if you if you flick it on in the middle of episode eight one day because you're bored, flick it on for episode eight one day because you're bored or whatever. If you're an idiot, like you know, or if you. If you're in a friend's house and they're watching it and you see it and you think, geez, this is quite good. You can just go home, get Netflix and just literally binge yeah, watch the and, whole thing and, in, in one day. Exactly. When it, olden days when you're on TV and you're watching it and you watch an episode and you think, oh, that's good. How do I find it? It mm-hmm. was so difficult to go and get the, fir- the uh, like some, some shows that are on TV, even on demand, like for example, on Sky, they expire. They expire. You can't actually go back and get. For example, yes. I wanted to watch season three of Ballers. This is the this is the example I give you, Dave. There's only episodes six to nine, six to ten on Sky for Ballers, and I'm like, it's, what the it's fuck because is of the that? Way, it's because of the way Sky purchased licensing. Yeah, it's shit. So what? No, well, what will happen is in about six months or so, they'll put the whole thing up, and they'll leave it up for a period of probably about it's either six or twelve months. Um, but. For now, like they purchase individual episodes for certain, yeah, for certain a month. I think, yeah, they, they all get it for a month. So that's why towards the end of the season, you only get the end of the season. And I was like, yeah. well, I wait till the end of the season to, before because I want to binge. I don't do the weekly stuff anymore. Apart no, from, neither do I, I. Apart from Game of Thrones, that's the only show because it's it's worth it. And also the spoilers, yeah. you just cannot I mean, get through. For me, like I've got a couple of shows that I watch every week, but they're. they're you know, like the p- procedural shows where, like, not a whole lot happens. Things like Chicago Fire, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Law yeah. and Order and stuff. Like, I, I like to watch them, but they're just because they are very easy watching. You know, there's no, there's no of real course. heavy story. No. Well, SVU is heavy every week, but because mm. the, the, the like the subject matter, but it's it's a it's an easy one to watch, and you can miss an episode and then jump back in, and you haven't missed anything because there's no long running story arcs. Whereas with with shows like this, if you miss one episode, you're completely screwed because you won't know what's happening. Um, I I actually think this, as great as it is in the Netflix formula, this might have 
if this had been on regular television, if this had been an NBC or a Fox show going week to week, I actually think this would be getting ten times more hype than it gets because of the way Netflix do it. Um, purely on the basis of the build-up week to week, like with Breaking Bad over the years, just would have been that much more. But because with Netflix, you don't have to wait for next week. It does kind of take away a lot of the the midweek chatter. You're right. You know, yeah, you're right. You know, you know what I mean? I yeah, mean, yeah, if, you yeah. remember, if you remember when like things like Breaking Bad was on, oh. and like God is the big one, like when when it's on over the weekend or like say late in the week, you just see so many people talking about the previous episode, speculating towards the next episode, and unfortunately for this, this would be the perfect show for something like that. But because of the Netflix thing, you don't have to wait for that episode. Like, as as great as Netflix is, that's just the one area for me where it does sort of um, it loses a little bit of the potential it has mm. for the, for the show for the show to get like I'm talking like mega hype. Yeah, like House of Cards, I always thought was the same. And the biggest problem I, I I've had with Netflix over the years in terms of the way they do this is that. There's times during certain shows, House of Cards was one that I actually stopped watching for about a year before I went back to it, where they start to go in the wrong direction. And in a normal show, if a show starts to go in the wrong direction and they see online chatter about it going in the wrong direction and fans turning off and they're getting their ratings, they can see their ratings dropping off, they can change it. You know, they can just change things. They can change direction. They can bring it back this way. They can reshoot. Yeah. Reshoot some, reshoot some mm-hmm. scenes and rework the episode. Unfortunately with this, they're locked in and committed. And that was always my big weakness for House of Cards is that they're locked in and committed. So whatever they've decided before episode one is, is what's going to happen in episode 13. Yeah. It's been a problem um, though for a long time. I think when Cy Brundish was on this pod and, and, and kicked it off with Neil Devlin back in the day, I think one of the first things he said on the first pod was Sky have Sky Atlantic, sorry, have have ruined or television or, or what they do is there's a load of shit shows out there that have got three seasons from the get go because Sky have pumped so much money into something. Yeah. And even if the writing shit, yeah. that thing is there for three years no matter yeah. what. And and it's it's ruined it because a lot of other for example, Netflix, Amazon, all these things, having to go that way just because yeah. otherwise they're not gonna get any good shows. People it's are looking true. for guarantees. You know, like, and, and that's one of the com- problems. Comedy shows ha- have had the worst of it in that they've they've changed the format in which they now do comedy, like half hour comedy shows. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, is it Anger Management? Is that the name of the show that Charlie Sheen did after? There was one I didn't see, it, but yeah, I've heard of it. So the way they did it was a ten a ten episode run, and if that ten episodes as well received, they renewed it for a second season of ninety five episodes. Holy shit. Now, that show <laughs> was fucking awful. Like, I mean awful. Yet it got 105 episodes. What the fuck? But it was because it's cheap it was cheaper for them mm. to just shoot it that way yeah. than to try and shoot say five episodes or four seasons of 25 each or whatever. Um let me just I'm just going to make sure I'm I'm fairly certain I'm right on that's what the format became. They actually did 100 episodes, so they did 10 and 90 over two series of that anger management. 
And it, like, I mean to say, it was absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're saying is TV's, it's weird how loads of deals. It's very stuff. difficult. It's, that's it. And like, yeah. because there's so much money that goes into these shows now, because a lot of it is like, you get guys like Jason Bateman, who is a successful film star. He's coming across the television because that's what a lot of them are starting to do because the money's really good. They can shoot an entire TV series in the time it takes to shoot one movie and get paid more for it. And it, it gives them an opportunity to really like play different characters. Like, like again, with this with Bateman, like this is a complete departure from anything he's played before. Yeah, and let's so let's move into the show. Just before we do, this is the end now of the spoil, spoiler-free section, guys. So if you want to switch off here, best to go. One last thing that I want to say in terms of a show that's kind of that I thought was similar, something like Sneaky Pete. Um, it's it's the tense tense part of it. Someone living a lie or hiding stuff. Loads of that stuff going on in Ozark as well. So yeah. Sneaky Pete was similar. So go and watch it because I loved. Sneaky Pete as well. Uh, so go and go and check that out. If or if you have seen it, then you should be watching this as well. So uh, that is the end of that section. So if you're going to do that, switch off now. We are now going into spoil spoiler central. So Dave, you were talking about um, Jason Bateman. Let's kick off with his character because he is the root of everything in this show. Marty Bird, um, a financial advisor in Chicago, and what is he doing, mate? He is laundering big bags of cash from Mexican drug cartel. With his mate Bruce. <laughs> with his mate Bruce. Poor Bruce. I mean. Oh my God. Uh, Doesn't last long. It's, it's, yeah. And the thing is, like, I kind of, you kind of feel like there was potential for the Bruce character to really, like, if they had Bruce do a runner and, you know, he just comes back intermittently to be a complete pain in Marty's arse while he's trying to cover what you know, the mistakes Bruce made, um, you kind of feel like there was good potential there. I but totally agree. He was a really good character, actually. He even was, though he was only one, like, one episode, but he was good. Josh, Josh Randall, who played him, is a really good actor as well, and has a kind of... You know the way everybody has a childhood friend who's a little bit thick, does things without <laughs> really thinking, and kind of gets everybody in trouble? Yes. And we all have one of those friends, and he... He has the face of that friend. He's the guy you grew up with that you love to bits, but he's a fucking pain in your arse because he's always dragging you into absolute nonsense. I mean, we don't want to um, spend too much time on Bruce, but don't you think he was a bit smart as well? Like, he walked in and pretty much sold, you know, he, he sold see, the services. He was, he he was, was smart, a salesman. Too. Yeah. He was a salesman. Marty is the genius kind of money guy, business guy. Bruce was the salesman. And that's it was a really good partnership because Marty was quite a, a is quite a quiet, introverted kind of person. Um, he's fairly softly spoken, whereas Bruce was loud and boisterous and whatever else. It's kind of like you're Marty and I'm Bruce, really, isn't it? <laughs> you're like the nice, honest. I wouldn't call like, you thick, fla- mate. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't call you thick, though. And I'm like the the one that just shouts and causes trouble and. I'll probably cause more aggro for you than, than anyone else. <laughs> Do you know, know what the funniest thing is about Bruce? He wants to move big. He wants to got big cars. He wants to drive. Yeah. And Marty's keeping himself low down, right? Yeah. But you could tell how smart Marty is immediately when they go to this new um, office. And he's like, but it's facing the, the ocean. And it means that the, the, you know, and it starts coming out with these stats about how it's going to cost them more. 
Like, it's like, what the fuck? How do you yeah. know this shit? He's yeah. just immediately within minutes of the show starting, you know, Marty Bird is one switched on bird. You know, he yeah. is, he knows what he's Clued doing. It. And Dell says the same thing, doesn't he? Like, as soon as Dell, I mean, Dell is the, the drug cartel man. He's not the head. He's just like one of the fucking, he's probably the head of that area, maybe Chicago. That's it. That's so, it. He's like a district manager. There you go. District manager. <laughs> you know better than me about drug cartels, obviously. <laughs> but he turns I, up. I, I knew a guy once. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go there, Dave. If you don't know who's listening, but basically imagine he just, I mean, I think we, we can skip all. I mean, there's one little, obviously major, major twist in this is that Marty's caught looking at porn and you think he's just, you think he's just watching porn, but it turns out that it's, he's watching his fucking wife have an effect. That's exactly it. And cause he, cause you see him watching it, what, four or five different times before mm. it actually, yeah, like, apparent. you kind of have a little suspicion that maybe it's her. But because of the angle of the way it's shot, you're like, well, is it him and her? Is he? Because because you see, as the show goes on, obviously you see the the cracks in the relationship, and you, then you get the backstory of why the relationship is kind of falling apart. And then when they move down to the Ozarks, obviously they they've got to work they together. Have, they've got they have to a conversation work. Yeah. where they're no longer going to be husband and wife; they're more like business partners. That's right. So you kind of as you. you you see him watch it, you're kind of like, is he trying to remind himself of when they were happy and, you know, had a healthy relationship? And then obviously it becomes more clear of who, who it is. It's not him. It's. So that's one problem. It's in Superman. His life. Yeah. <laughs> so there's. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second why they call him Superman. But what. So that's one problem in his life. The second problem, Dave, happens when Dell turns up and accuses him of stealing money. But. The brilliant thing here is he doesn't he doesn't actually think they have. He's just he's just there on a hunch, as in not even a hunch, he's just testing him. And Marty catches him immediately, doesn't he? This is a ruse. Like he catches him straight away. This is a yeah. ruse and he goes, Oh, that's a clever word. But then fucking what I love about Dell is ruthless. Absolutely fucking ruthless. Like that is what you want a villain to be. You want to fear this guy. You want Sorry, you want the protagonist, you want the main guy like Marty Bird yeah. to fucking fear him and he shoots Bruce's bird. That Marty Bird, I have to keep using Bird now, right? Because of Marty Bird. But yeah, yeah he, he, he shoots Bruce's love of his life, pretty much. Yeah. Or, and, and, Ma- and Marty, uh, Dell is the guy yep. that we as Liverpool fans want a centre back and a holding <laughs> midfield. Just a horrible, gnarly bastard. Yes. Or a midfield. No remorse, doesn't give a shit, it's all business. And like he's not he's not afraid to kill someone based on well, this might lead me to something. This I have a, a suspicion of something, I'm gonna shoot now and I'm gonna ask questions later. Mm, okay. Um and yeah. as you said, like he was just there on a hunch. He wasn't there because he had concrete evidence that they'd been stealing. He just had a bit of a a gut feeling that they'd been stealing from him and it, but again it showed it showed the intelligence of Marty because when when Bruce was telling Marty about the Ozarks and handed him the flyer, 
you kind of felt like Marty's not really listening to this idiot. He doesn't care. He just takes the flyer to shut, make him shut up and go away. Yeah. But when the when Dell puts the gun to his head, mm. great his scene. Bra- his, it's it's brilliantly done. That whole what is it about five six minutes mm. from yes. the beginning of like when when Marty's sitting in the car, um, having a weird fantasy. Yeah, how weird is uh, that? He has so many dreams, like daydreams yeah. or dreams at night. That's a big yeah. story arc. Yeah, go on. And um, from from there up until, you know, the the end of that whole kind of um, succession of scenes, when Marty finally convinces Dell to give him the, the the chance to go to the Ozark, that that's just brilliantly done. But when he starts talking to to Dell and trying to convince him that like I can make this work, I can make this work. He's thinking on his feet. He he uses the one thing that Bruce told him that he actually listened to, that the Ozarks has more coastline or more shoreline, um, yeah. shoreline than the state of California. <laughs> and he uses that one line to pitch the idea of going there to wash money, which saves his life, saves his family's life, and gets him a second chance. And from there, like the, the show just takes off. It takes off. It, it you just, really, you really get the feel for who Marty actually is. I know it's it's mad because his wife. Then he goes home. He, he says he hasn't told his wife anything. She knows obviously what he's doing, but he goes home, tells her that we are in big shits, and she's having this affair. So she runs straight to this guy, this rich guy living on a high story in an apartment, absolute plush place, and. He advises her to take all the money out, whatever money she's got. And so she, uh, Marty's not stupid. He's got alerts on everything. So he gets an alert that his wife's taken all this money out. He's heading over to this guy's apartment. And Dave, this is just, this is gold. This, this was... is one of the greatest deaths in TV history. <laughs> so true. As Marty Shocking. walks from his car to the, to the building, he's probably parked about 100, 150 meters away. He's walking across and, as he's walking, you can see him trying to build himself up for what's going to be a confrontation, not just with his wife, but with her lover as well. And then all of a sudden there's a big splash and the guy lands in the middle of the road, having been fucked from the roof, which is probably Unbelievable. Chicago financial district. It's probably 60 to 70 floors. Yeah, it's a proper splat. His shoe goes yeah. flying. It is like, what the hell? It is honestly, when, when you're watching it, you go, what? Yeah. You actually do just look at the screen and go, holy shit. And then obviously Dell calls him and it's such a beautiful way. You know, I mean, he, ba- he ends up saving her, right? He, he, he saves her life and, and, and Dell's not stupid. Dell knows that she knows everything, but he does say, wow, you, you haven't confronted her yet. Yeah. So, and it, but it kind of, it goes to show like, again, it's developing the character of Marty Bird. Um, the showing that, Look, he is uh, a money launderer for, for for Mexican drug cartel, but even though his wife is cheating on him, he saves her life. So, like deep down, he, he is a good good guy. Like his first and his, his first reaction is to save the life of her, and the, the reason he does it is because you know, for, first of all, he still loves her, but it, she's the mother of his children, so that's. You know, you, you begin to see how important his kids are to him. Um, but th- again, gags, that's, 
that's at the end of a great kind of succession of scenes where he's actually withdrawing his money and going into banks oh and arguing God. with bank so managers about, about financial regulations and oh. you know it, it's just so well done and it's so cleverly shot as well yeah you because of the way it's kind of choppy it's just you mad know? how he just goes in and says, so you wouldn't, you know, the, the, the FBI guys have got like um, notes written down and the, the, the cards, the cue cards. <laughs> and they're like, he goes, no, I'm not under duress. No, I'm not. No one's been kidnapped. Just give me my fucking yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just brilliant. brilliant. But again, like as we said earlier on, there's no kind of real laugh out loud comedy moments, but that is something that'll give you a bit of a chuckle. Yes, because um, he's acting because of, so good, isn't it? And he's yeah, got that funny... Exactly like, you, you know him to be a funny guy, and the way he brings across that is funny. Mm-hmm. But m- remember, it's an anti-hero show. Marty is yeah. not a hero. You do want him to succeed in what he's doing, but he's fucking a money launderer. He's a, he's a money launderer. He's involved with the drug cartel. He's not doing anything good. There's no good. There's all grey. This show is fucking pure grey. Pure grey. There is no good in this show. I don't think it's grey or blue. Dark. It's just so dark. So I mean, moving. This we could talk about Marty, Dave. I mean, we're already half an hour into the show here, right? We could talk about this guy the whole way, but I'm sure it'll merge in with. Mm. I, I think his wife. She's such a brilliant character. Yeah, an actress. Brilliant. Well. Um, I mean, she's so good. She. It's. She, she's one of the best female secondary characters and she's not really a secondary character she's one of the main characters but she's second secondary to to jason bateman but yeah they all are yeah just so so good in this this role it just suits her to a t she's she's just she's so you know sassy like she's she's very like she looks like someone who's a mom she's she the way she plays the role you know and, and as the character develops and you see her going out, getting her own job, finding that little bit of independence, which is something that was obviously lacking um, in her life back in Chicago because she was a stay-at-home housewife and mother. Um, But just the way she plays it, um, she's very quick, very quick turn of phrase, very sarcastic. um, No nonsense at times Not to be pushed around. Yeah, yeah, no nonsense. Remember the estate agent when she walks in? Yeah. Get your shit together and meet me outside. I was like, what the fuck? Exactly. This guy is sitting, you know, enjoying his day. The big freak having his dog lick peanut butter off his toes. Yeah. Like some sort of weirdo. Um, If anyone... Now, here's the thing for me, guys. The FBI are investigating the wrong man. They shouldn't be chasing Marty Bird. Let that man launder his money. Go and find the freaks that are getting peanut butter licked off their toes by dogs. That's who the FBI should be chasing. <laughs> Leave illegal activities alone and Can we just say, weirdos. whilst we're on the estate agent, the way his mother dies, because we're not going to spend too much time on it, the way his mother oh, dies is wow. also really like, what the fuck moment? Yeah, it's another one of the great TV deaths. Like, it's so... She's such an like, annoying bitch. It's, it's really... In a different show, that is a moment where everybody laughs hysterically. But because of the tense nature of this show, it's kind of like, oh shit, kind of, you know, it kind of throws you back in the seat a little bit. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's another brilliant death. 
It really, really is. Oh, God. I mean, that was just a piece of the puzzle for Wendy getting another business to, you know, to launch. She was just trying to... Uh, what, 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 what the show becomes is, how do we launder money in the Ozarks, pretty much, right? So that's what they're doing. So it, lots of characters get introduced into the show. So, I mean, we just talked about Wendy, how she's no, no nonsense. There was a, there's another one immediately that comes into the show and her name is Ruth Langmore. Now the Langmores are massive in this show. So yeah. Ruth, and I think going forward into season two, there's going to be another Langmore, I reckon maybe comes out of jail or whatever. Who's going to probably become like another threat. I think, I think the two big characters to come in season two are going to be Cade Langmore. Who's, who's, who's Ruth's father. Yeah. He's in prison in season one. And although he is, he does develop in season one. Um, I think Jacob Snell, Yep. Is going to be huge in season two. Yeah. We'll talk um, about the Snells in a second. But it all animals. starts with Ruth. Yes. It all starts with She's Ruth. She's so and good, dude. Like, that, Julia Garner um, plays brilliant. her. I, I hadn't seen her anything before, but she's an incredible actress. And incredible. That character is just so, so good because you can see it's, it's the balance of good versus evil. Cause you can see like there is goodness in her. She is, she would desperately like not to be a criminal redneck from buttfuck Missouri. Yep. She would like to have a nice, simple life and she takes care of her cousins and she tries to, you know, be the woman of the caravans, I suppose. And, she and to look be your dad, at, right? I think that yeah, she's trying to, a lot. Don't you're not yeah. your dad. You're not your dad. And she's like, well, you lot are all fucking thick. Yeah, she's trying to like she is trying to take care of them all. She got her two uncles, one of whom is is thick as pig shit. Like he is, um, and her two cousins, and she's trying to look after them, and she's trying to make the best for the family. So, you, but there is this bit about her that's just you're like. That is one dangerous, dangerous woman. You would not want to be caught cheating on her because she would cut you into pieces with small knives. Yeah, one plot um, hole, Dave. It, agree with me? Uh, well, do you agree with me? Should I ask? She's. I think they say she's like nineteen in the show, but she's working in the. the she takes over, you know, because obviously Marty, uh, in the end, takes over the the the, the titty bar, as they yeah. say. But we'll talk about that in a sec. But. Isn't that she's not even legally allowed to be in there? She's not, but I I think that goes to show sort of the lawlessness of the area, right? Where gotcha. they they are sort of like the cop does kind of turn a blind eye to a lot of stuff that goes on, and obviously the the guy that Marty takes takes that that establishment from um, has been using it to launder money and for for criminal purposes. So I think it is just to kind of to show like that there is a lawless nature to this place. But I, I do agree, like if she'd been maybe portrayed as two years older, I think the character would have worked even better. But um she's a young actress. She's twenty two, twenty three, I think. Uh, I remember I remember looking it up when I first saw it because I'd, I'd never heard of her before. Um But she's just brilliant like it's such a brilliant character 
and, and that that might as well talk about it now. One of her major arcs in in this is firstly she nicks the money, she steals mm. the money, and Jason gets himself uh, Marty Bird, sorry, gets himself outside of a pickle again very cleverly. But she's she's like you know I'm, I'm on to you. So she kind of finds a job. She gets her way into getting a job with him. But he's again is really clever for her. Implicates her. Yeah. <laughs> and then in what he's doing exactly so brilliant. But then. He actually works together with her to con the the guy who owns the strip club, which was so clever, Dave, I thought. Brilliantly done. Absolutely brilliantly done. And, you know, you could kind of, when she went in to audition for her, uh, for her job in the strip club, like, it was kind of, you could see how kind of awkward she was. Yes, like, so she kind of developed her as a, as a, as a, character as well because you could see she has that almost yeah. shy awkward nature mm. and it kind of represented her in her role in the family she doesn't want to be like the head of the house she wants to just have a normal life she wants to just be a kid and do what 19 year old girls do and it's the same when she's in there auditioning for the job she, you can tell she doesn't want to be there but she's trying to portray something for this pervert owner um and she's clearly uncomfortable with it but she does it and um yeah like you say she she takes takes over the strip club uh once she helps helps jason bateman take over she punches one of the strippers in the face um because she won't accept disrespect which because you look at it and you go like you know, it's a little silly that the show has a 19-year-old running a business. Isn't that a little bit silly? But she shows that she's no nonsense. She shows that there's a bit more maturity about her. Because her first two jobs in the show, if you remember, are she's a cleaner in a motel. Yep. And she is Dish- a dishwasher Dish- in the... New Cat Lodge. New Cat Lodge. And then all of a sudden she jumps to being the manager of a, of a strip club. But Because her end game is money. Like, she just yeah. wants cash. You know? And that's the thing. And Bateman, you can, like, they never specifically say it, but Bateman clearly figures that out because she says to him, you cost me my job, even though, like, she cost herself her job by stealing. You <laughs> yeah. cost me my job, so you have to give me a job now. So he gives her a job as a as a dish cleaner in the, in the Blue Car Lodge. But you can see that he sees the potential in her. He knows what she's really in it for. It's not just to have a... An honest nine to five. She just, just just doesn't want to be working. She wants money. But the scene for me, guys, that I really enjoyed was the scene God. in the the bathroom where Bateman discovers the whole Langmore family with yeah. the money. Yeah. Because when he starts talking about Dell, about the cartel, all that, all the rest of them shit themselves. Yeah, they start walking out slowly. It's brilliant. <laughs> She doesn't give a fuck. No. She has no fucks left to give. Mm. She just looks at him and like has nothing but disdain for him. And she's like, "I'm not." Basically, like, obviously, we're we're going to find out more about her dad as as the seasons go forward. Seems like a gangster, doesn't he? But yeah, she's. It, it's almost like maybe he has some serious connections as well that we're going to find out about. Now, maybe his connections are going to be Jacob Snell or something. We don't know, but, you know, Jacob Snell seems like a dangerous man himself. Um, yeah, we go, we're going to go straight to the Snells next world. year. Um, but, so so she has obviously no fear of what Bateman is saying, 
which kind of gives you a, an insight into her mindset and maybe how she's been brought up. So, like, there's an awful lot more to come from her, I think, in season two. But, I mean, the the big thing with her that we saw as, you know, because she was planning to kill Bateman. She was planning to do yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the amazing scene. Right, we, we finish mm. this off with, with, uh, um, with Ruth. She wants to kill him. She wants to, um, she wants to electrocute him. And I think it's the FBI agent that's that. that, that that's the that's, FBI that's, agent, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, Roy, Roy we'll, Petty. We'll go to Roy Petty um, after after the uh, Snells. I, I wasn't sure about him, to be honest, in this show. But we'll go there in a minute. But she obviously blames her, her family for it and all that. But then she actually kills someone doing it. <laughs> Didn't she kill? She kills her uncles. She kills her uncles. Oh, my God, in the end, yes, that's it. Um, she kills her uncles, yeah. Um, crazy, crazy they, turnaround. They are going in to, to try kill and to kill him. So she rigs the dock. Oh, uh, she elect- basically scene. electrocutes the, or electrifies the, uh, the ladder. Mm. Um, by, by basically putting a current into the, into the water, sends a charge up the metal ladder on the dock. And as soon as, they touch um, it, they touch it, they're done. It, and it's just brilliant. And done, because like, one uncle's a bit thick, he touches the other one. <laughs> And he yeah. gets shocked. <laughs> he he grabs the ladder and then turns and grabs the other guy, <laughs> and uh, they're both like, and I mean barbecue. Oh, that is <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, talking about one of the uncles, you you get a bit of a twist with him because you don't you don't know that you know he's he's gay in there. You don't you yeah. don't realize it, and obviously he has a relationship with with FBI agent Roy Petty, who. I mean, I, I liked Russ as a character. I thought he was a good character. It was um, the way he yeah. developed in the show. I thought he was excellent. And his demise was sad because he was just so desperate in the end to get away from... Because obviously the FBI is playing games with all of them. So uh, Roy Petty, I don't know, man. I was... No, he's, he's a little bit... He's the only one that's a OTT. little bit of an awkward fit, isn't he? OTT, man. I thought um, he was over the top. Yeah. Um, it's Could a, have been casted better, a... I thought. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just it's a little bit extreme. Like the whole, like there's a very graphic. No, it's not graphic because you can't see anything. Mm. But there's a very aggressive, <laughs> shall we yeah. say? Yeah, he um, is. He's crazy. Scene where another man has given him head, and he's basically just like forcing it, like. Oh. And it, it's a little bit. It, it's an insight into who he is as a person, like. Yes. It? Yes, and that's fine. He's, a, he's highly, highly strong. Uh, very high stressed, like doesn't take failure well at all. Like I said about the Greys, he's not a good guy. He's because no, he's, not not because of that, but because of the way he's going about things in terms of but, he will bend any rule to get yeah, these guys. That's exactly it. But that's just like I, I'm I'm looking I'm interested to see where they take that character in season two. Yeah. Because it what well, he was the one kind of awkward fit into it in that but then well, the show does need a real bastard like you can't he is like a bastard. De- Del is a bastard but Del is there's something elegant not, elegance yeah, about him wasn't there elegance and there's a, like a real sense of like you know comfort with who he is and what he's doing he's an upfront bastard he was the um, guy you know the guy from Breaking Bad he was the first boss that they had yeah. what's his name great actor um, you know, he's he's the one who's head of the drugs and makes the factory for them. I forget his name, but he he's that equivalent. I thought, yeah, really I elegant. Like, 
Pos- you know, he's not trying to be anything other than what he is, no. which is a you know a, a fast living gangster like. Yeah. Um, Marty has things that you like about him, even though you know he's a criminal. But this guy is like the one, the one real bastard in the show that doesn't seem at at the moment to have any real redeemable or likable characteristics to him. No, nope, nothing. Um, they they, they like try to with his mom. You know, they try to do yeah, they but it still doesn't do work. That, it doesn't it, work. No, it doesn't. No. And it kind of shows that his way of dealing with, with anything is violence. So he has, if, you know, his mother's, you know, got a drug problem, he reacts with violence. Um, the, He's having a bad time trying to catch Mar- uh, Marty, so he reacts with violence in different ways. And it is just, I don't know, like, I'm really interested to see how they develop that character in season two. Mm. Um, I think there is definite scope for, for him to become a very good character. Um, but he could go either way. I mean, this is a guy who really is, like, in his mind, he is, doing everything for the greater good, which is bringing down criminals. And he's obviously very ambitious because you hear him before he goes to the Ozarks um, and he's back in the, his FBI office. He, he says the line, you know, like, if I catch him, my career is made. And he gets a, he gets a, a transfer yeah. just for this. Just chase Marty Bird. Crazy. Which is, which is kind of weird. Like, cause obviously the FBI are all over America. So there are FBI agents in Missouri, and the fact that he doesn't check in with them is kind of a, is is kind of sets the tone for who he is. This unethical. real loner, yeah, unethical kind of kind of trying to play by his own little rule book, not doing what you know he should be doing. Um, you know, in terms of how professionally should be going about this. Um, but it, it is interesting. I mean, the 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 relationship between him and Russ, I really liked that dynamic. I thought I that was, I thought it was I a good it was way, really good. And obviously, he Russ. brings brings Russ out of you know out out of the closet or whatever. And yeah, I thought it was great. I thought that was the best bit, and I thought that was the greatest bit about Russ as well that he found himself, and then he's hiding it from his family because he's so it's for that because age guy. He's a red because yeah, he's a redneck. Exactly, fuck, fuck Missouri. So hard. It was a gay great. Down there, isn't allowed. Psychology wise, great yeah. to show on, and he, and you know what? He acted it well. Russ was brilliant. It was a you shame. You know what it might be with petty gags that, that's kind of makes it a little bit awkward is that it, the, the show has like so much psychology about it and it's constantly making you think, but he's the most like psychological character because he's kind of like pathological in the way he does things. And maybe it's just a little bit too much. Like, you know, if you're making a chili and you put one spoon too much chili powder. Yeah. Maybe. And it kind of ruins the whole thing. Like, it's mm. edible, but it's like, it do, he doesn't ruin the show in any way, shape or form. But just maybe he's that little tweak too much. He's and maybe an example, if they just he's an example of what you said earlier, where if this is a weekly show, he could have toned it down. But because it's done in one big go, Petty as a as a FBI agent, Petty. If he was, yeah. if it was weekly, he could have toned it down a bit because he would have got yeah. reviews. But because it's done in one big go, maybe in the second season he's toned down a little because he's read some reviews and says, "You know what? 
Uh, I'm not saying he listens to this pod. I'm just saying there's there's going to be others that think like us. It can't be just us yeah. that thinks this, and that he'll just tone it down a little bit, which will probably make him a better character and the show Agreed. a little bit better too. Agreed, and I think it opens far more avenues for him as well, because um, I, I do think there's great potential for the character, as with with certain others, like I said with um, the with, Snells. with Ruth. Oh right, Ruth. Ruth though, yeah. like Ruth, there's oh, more so yeah. much potential so for much. Ruth. Yeah, she could do so much. Um, and she's I think becoming I think the goodie we'll for me. She's becoming yeah, the, the the good sure. person. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, but there's real potential for Ruth for for um for Rachel, who's the the owner of the, yeah. uh, the blue cat. Um, Should we talk Rachel now first before we go to the Snells? Because the Snells need to be the last quick, people. Yeah. Let's let's yeah, do Rachel. Um, I liked Rachel. I thought so she was she really. I good. thought Marty was going to be banging her. I there's, wanted there's, him there's to. There's a real sexual <laughs> chemistry between there the two is. of them. Yeah. And she's clearly had a little bit of a tough life. Or yeah, and she's not having a good time at the business. And no, he, and she's he not. Turns and it round. He turns exactly. it around really well. That and was I think, so like, smart with the with the, the gas pricing and the burgers. Yeah. Oh. But again, and again, that just shows how quickly he can tap into a business that he's definitely never worked in before. And understand what it, what it's going to take to turn around and, and get customers in the door. Like she's obviously had a tough life. Business has gone downhill. He arrives. Then all of a sudden, she kind of discovers. Like she figures out what's going on because she gets the the invoices and figures out that he's Again, gone. He would hide them surely in a better. I mean, the writing's great, but I suppose they need to they need her to find out somehow. But well, I see. The thing for me is, I kind of. I look at that as if, like, he he's taken, like, he's gotten a little bit comfortable. Ah. Because she's yeah. sort of gone to him, well, you take care of all the business side of things, and I'll just run the bar. So he's gotten a little bit careless. And there's a that couple of little moments through the, through the series where he does get a little bit careless with things, like where he leaves the money, you know, where he leaves it in that, that lockup. And Ruth finds out that it's there, and you're like, Marty, that's careless." And then the lodge in the room, yeah, it's careless. Exactly. You know, you're right. I totally agree. I think that's a really great way of summing the carelessness because Ruth finds out, other people find out, and it, obviously it's stolen. It it, it goes into this. Sh- in the end, Rachel, um, this person that we want him to hook up with, steals the money, and she leaves her own fucking lodge. Yeah, a <laughs> business. She's gone. I mean that so I, is is brilliant. It's brilliant, but there wasn't there wasn't much more to her. Although she is part of the the uncles dying and all that, and she becomes embroiled in all of that, doesn't she? In the end, mm. but they they she haven't because because she finds the money. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at that that at that point, you're kind of wondering, oh, like this is going to be a good confrontation, and then it doesn't happen because of the thing with the uncles. Um. But it, it is. It's going to be really really interesting to see. Where, where they goes, go yeah. with her next season. He's going to um, find her. He is going to find her somehow. Of course he is. And it's going to be great to how he brings her back because he would have had her as part of it. And, you know, obviously she's got the money. So, the, or either that or the cartel finds her. Either way, she's going to have to come back and he's going to have to save her life in season two, which is a nice little thing that, that happened. But let's move on because we have a couple of, uh, I think a pair of characters that we need to talk to talk about, but let's go with the Snells because this ties in to the, um, well, I forget his name, you know, this character, the other guy, um, the, the holy man. How do I say it? What's his, what, what would you put it as the, the pastor? 
The pastor. Yeah. Yes. So um, the Snells relate to this because Mason Young. Yes. That's, the most American name there has ever been. Mason Young. Yeah, and he's he's had um a near death experience which converts him into thinking he is you know, obviously he's then goes religious and, and starts preaching, which is fine, which is fair enough, good backstory for him. But what he doesn't know is that when he preaches, and it's an amazing thing that he does, he preaches on the water, you know, with it, it's such a great thing. I actually loved that about what he's doing. But what he doesn't know is that the what he's doing, because he's got no church, is being used to distribute drugs locally, which is unbelievable. I thought yeah. it was so good. He actually thinks he's got an audience, but really, they're all there for drugs. That's it. But, I mean, again, it, it it's a really, like, you wouldn't, if, what a if great you were going to writing, Dave, just if you're gonna become a drug dealer tomorrow, yeah. you, you wouldn't think of doing that. <laughs> you just, no, you just but there's no other way. It's just very creatively done. Really good. It fits in where they are in terms of, like, all all the water that's down there. Um the Mason Young character is very, very good. And like again, one that we're gonna see more of. Um He's gonna take a dark turn, I think, now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um the, the I'll tell you one thing, guys, the most tense moment of this entire season is when he walks into the water with the baby. Mate. I, I just, I did not want to watch, honestly. No. I was, I was like, you can't do this on TV. Please do not do this on TV. And I had a, I had a suspicion. Is he baptizing him? Please be baptizing him, you know? Yeah. I had a suspicion, but, but then I was, he, he holds him in the water for, oh my, too long. Like it seems like about five minutes. It like, does because as funny. the viewer, you're shitting it's yourself. So tense. And the thing for me is I was like, if this was on normal, as he's doing it, I'm like, if this was on normal TV, he'd definitely pull him out. But this is Netflix. Maybe there's different rules because you have to subscribe to Netflix. But this is not normal But different TV. rules. Like when, I mean, we haven't even talked about his kids yet, Marty's. You think she's going to die when she's drowning in the water? Yeah. And, and that's one of the like, Netflix beauties of Netflix is and the rule is like. They can do different things. They can do what they want. And you know they can kill anyone off whenever they want. It's their, yeah. you know, and, and we'll get back to his kids because them two are weird as well. But. Mason. His daughter might be the most annoying person in the history of the world. I totally agree with you. And let's definitely cover top three. Top three. Yeah, let's cover a lot. Let's cover them in a minute. But Mason, though, what happens to him? You know, it, Marty is embroiled with these in a three-way in terms of obviously he wants the church. If the church comes, they can't. The, the Snells can't do their drugs. So loads of things happen. And uh, to cut a short story short, Mason is very, very stubborn. Very stubborn. And in the end. His, they threatened the Snells. There's Darlene Snell is is crazy in this show. She's psycho. She is psycho. Absolutely psychotic. And she cuts the kid out of her. Now, thankfully, they don't show it, Dave, because... That's, that's the thing, guys. They don't show it, and it leaves a little bit of wiggle room, I of suppose. Of course, because she might be alive. Exactly. Mm. Um, so... You know, there is the, there, it does leave them open to a couple of different angles for next year. But I mean, when she, when she stabs Bobby Dean in the neck with the needle, having given him the lemonade. Wow. Um, and then like basically ODs him with heroin. Um, and then like pretty much every time anyone else comes to the house. She's ready. 
just looking to give them the lemonade. <laughs> if you get invited, as I'm telling you this, you're all my friends to listen to this. Don't go if to the Snell's. If you get invited to the Snell's house, don't drink the, the lemonade. lemonade. No. And oh, they are hey, both geez. really good characters, though, isn't they? Aren't yeah. they? I mean, oh, they're brilliant. Jacob Snell is Peter Mullen, is it? And he's really highly renowned. Yeah. yeah, he's a great actor. And, I mean, he it's a great role for him. And, like, he's a proper, like, every, every, every time he speaks, there's, like, menace in his voice. You can just sort of tell this is a bad, bad man. Like, there's, there's no, there's no airs or graces or let's, he's not pretending. This is just a bad man. Um, he's another, like, uh, yeah, so I, I know I said earlier that Roy Petty's the only pure bastard in the show. He is. This guy is a pure bastard. Pure bitch. If she's, I, I honest, I think it's going to come out in season two that maybe she's got psychological problems. Yeah. That maybe she she's a little it. bit bipolar or something, and or she's got some sort of weird um, psychiatric issue. But she, like, she's crazy. But that um, is one of their main scenes, obviously, cleaning the, uh, taking the baby out, leaving it for Mason. Yeah. But let's move on from Mason and his wife, because that is pretty much the nutshell, what they've gone through is the, 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 the traffic. Well, see, they the amp it up. Like, they, there's the thing with, with, um, just the thing with Bobby Dean, yep. where they eject him with heroin and OD him, and then fuck him in the water. Yep. Um, there's, trying, then there's, trying to get Martin to get the blame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then there's the scene with the baby, and then the finale. Oh, and then the finale, and they just start brilliant, man. Again, I was upset like, actually because I I like Dell. Like, yeah, I I and, I and I thought there was good scope for what Dell would become in the next season as well, but. My God, Darlene didn't read the script. She, <laughs> you know, when you say like, "Oh, they got their head blown off," she, literally, he got his head blown the fuck off. Yep. I, again, another one of those. It, it's a re- and it's a real shocker, like because it is, you do they just done a deal? They've, they've just, just done, done an amazing deal casino that, deal on the road on the boat. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, this this is going to be interesting because now they're they're joining forces like the local hick criminals. And, and the Mexican cartel. And again, you're like, Jesus, Marty could talk his way out of anything. And then he says something about rednecks. That's fucked. And what did you say? <laughs> he turns, and because the camera focuses on his Del, yeah. when oh. he gets shot, like, and his head just sort of splits in two, basically. Yeah. And just... you're just like, oh my fuck. It's like when you one gets hit by the. <laughs> It's hit by the, the truck, like. Yeah, it's, it, it, you're right. There's so many shocking it, moments. You're just like, yeah. what the hell? Like, it's like the, the three big deaths in the show are the guy getting thrown off the window. And again, like, Marty's just walking along, camera's not focused <laughs> on him. Splash! <laughs> then you've got the real estate guy and his mother. And the way the camera is, it's sort of looking uh, at more at him than yeah, at the mother. And she's and in the back going, la, 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 la. And then she's swearing like, at him and she gets bang. smacked. <laughs> And then this, like, Dell turns around, like, and really politely kind of calls them rednecks. And then his head gets exploded. Mate, I, fantastic I, television, honestly. Just fantastic. Uh, and then, I mean, that that opens up the next season, doesn't it? Because yeah. the cartel now is going to be after them, wanting to know what's going on. They're going to get rid of Dell. They're going to try and play it as if he just disappeared. Obviously, what else are they going to do? So they've agreed this deal and agreed it on the phone too, 
with mm. the main man. So we're going to find out what goes on, which is a nice way to, to, you know, to go into season two. But obviously, there's other characters. There's Buddy, who isn't going to last very long. He lives. He's a great character. Though. Yes. Harris, you he's he's one of the true heroes of the show. Like he is, I, I there is no, there's not a grey really yet. I reckon there will be by the time they get to explaining a lot more of his backstory. But for now, he's protected the family. Yeah. And when he kills uh, one of the henchmen of Del, Del's uh, henchmen, I thought that was such a good scene. And he just leaves him lying there in the window, <laughs> like what the fuck? Do you it's remember that? Just, it's, it's, he shoots him and then just like. Yeah. yeah, and just fucks off. Back I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm going to sit at the back, and then and Marty turns up. What the fuck is this? And uh, oh, it was it's so good. It I is like good. even like the things where he walks like, around naked. He's walking down with bare arse out, and going down to sit on his dock. Like you're just like that is a man who has lived his life, has no fucks left to give. No, he doesn't care that he's just like you know no. that he sold his house and there's a family with young kids mm. living in it. Like too um, funny. I think we'll see. I think what we'll see in the next season maybe is that there's a good bond there between Buddy and um, and Marty's son. Oh, oh yes. I um, think it's a good good little way to get into the son as well. Yeah. So I think we're going to see. I think we'll see that develop in the next season as well. But Joan is a weird little kid. Um, yeah. I like him though. I like the way he's acting. But so role. do I. I think he's a good kid. I just yeah. think he's maybe a little bit socially awkward. Yes. Um, maybe suffers a little bit from anxiety or something, and that's what they're going to try and develop over Don't the next... do you think, though, Dave, when the mum tells... They're okay, they're normal, before the mum tells them that they're involved in money laundering, as soon as they find out, they go extra weird. Obviously, he's then watching videos of drug cartels blowing people yeah. up. He's basically watching Narcos on Netflix, right? Pretty much, <laughs> right? And then... She starts like she's like not even ready for sex, and she knows she isn't, but she still goes and has it. The girl, the the daughter, and she's she just really annoying. She just does some weird stuff, like yeah, uh, steals she's a boat. She's the one character I didn't actually like. No, I I didn't think she was a good um, fit. No, but again, like you know, maybe there's just again like they, they can develop her character for over sure. the next. And because she's like, it, it's very, obviously, look, I'm I'm 35, Gags, you're in around the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're older than I am. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the young Thanks, one. Thanks, mate. Of the, Thanks for that. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> so it's very hard for us to relate to a 15-year-old girl. No, it's tough. You know, I mean, I, I know you've got two little girls of your own, but they're not they're no, not no. that age. But it is so understandable that they go off, the, uh, go off the rails, you know? They go of weird because of, of what their the dad's doing. Um, so that's the mother so like, being a bit stupid, I thought. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think, again, like, it does kind of show that there's an honesty with her as well, that she will tell you right up front what's going yeah, on, except if you're Marty and she's cheating on you. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> Their argument uh, scene was brilliant. Yeah. But the, the scene where they re, where, where actually one of the best scenes between Marty and Wendy is the aftermath of when they, he, they're having sex and he recreates what's on the video that he's been watching. And ruins it all. And ruins the whole thing like fucking jackass. Yeah. Um, like really. But you can tell, like, it shows his face during that, and his, he's a guy whose head is all over the place. Like he doesn't, he like doesn't know where he's meant all to be about or what the he's psychology. Doing. All about yeah. his head is fucked up because all the pressure about him is fifty million, fifty million, fifty million. Mm. That is all that's on his mind, and he does it. He achieves it by hook or by crook. He achieves it, yeah. but he can't sort his personal life out. 
Exactly. And I think, again, that's... There's, 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 there's literally... There's not one of these characters that you would look at now after the first season and say, that's this is what's definitely going to happen in season two with them. There's scope for all of them to develop and grow and change. Like, I mentioned Breaking Bad earlier. If you remember with Breaking Bad in season one, Walter developed and as kind of as he found the Heisenberg character. Yeah, as well. Alter Ego. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think that's kind of what we see a bit more like Martin Bird and Marty Bird. There's, there's a little bit of, there's almost two sides to him. There's like the, the good family guy who's a very attentive father who he loves, loves his, his wife. Yeah. Loves his kids and, and really wants, you know, to be a good guy. Mm. And then there's this other side of him. You know, and, and the first side, obviously, he's a good businessman, a very clever guy, and, and no, you know, wants to do well. And then there's this other side of him where you kind of think he almost enjoys having the connection to the cartel. There's a little yep. bit of him that enjoys the power knowing that yeah exactly you know and having that kind of money going through his hands um and you and, become you so know, powerful don't you when you've look, got when that. he took over the strip club he loved fucking that guy up. oh my god it was a great scene in Do the you know jail? what i mean he That's loved doing good... that and i think we'll see more of that from him in season two we'll but see did more see of the, that did you see the frailty as well though in terms of he's having nightmares of of committing suicide he actually yeah says to his wife he wants to at some point. The first yeah. episode, he goes into the woods to say he wants to pee, but he cries. Shows the frailty that I am in deep fucking shit. There's, he's on the verge so many times, isn't he, of giving up. Yeah, and he walks right to the cliff edge as well. Yeah. It's no, just... and you're just like, Geez, this guy could step over here and we're done. That's <laughs> we know he's not, but yeah, you do think this is your mindset, this is where you are. And, yeah. and I think the ending of the show is... He sends, he, he's obviously had that same private investigator, uh, trying to send his family away. And I got them passports and they go. And in the end, I thought she was going to go, but the kids convince her, don't they? That yeah. you made us adults as soon as you told us that we should have a say. Well, that's it. Exactly. And it's, it's cool when they do come back. And like I say, it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the family dynamic is going to be next season. Um, I, I'm really, I, I, I know we're I, I know we're probably the best part of the year from season two, but um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be brilliant. I genuinely think people, if you get into this show, I think it is going to be one that you'll really really enjoy. Yeah. And like myself and Gags, you'll be sitting here going, "When the fuck is this second season going to be on?" Because mm. I'm hoping you know, it's sooner. They need to start doing it sooner. And the other bad thing about Netflix is not only <laughs> can they not change things mid-season like you could with a normal show is that they stream it on the same day. So they streamed, I think it was July 21st, 22nd around then. So you could theoretically sit down the next day and watch the whole season. Yep. And then you've got to wait literally an entire year. year. Whereas if it was week by week by week, at least it would only be 42 weeks. (laughs) Nine and a half months. Um, I like you've got to literally wait a whole fucking year. I like your thinking. But it could be worse. You could be Game of Thrones fans. Enjoy that 18-month wait for your next season, fuckos. Thanks, mate. <laughs> that hurt. That really hurt. But like, like I said, I, one thing it did actually remind me of as well was Bloodline, but uh, only because of the location. 
But um, mm. this is far superior to Bloodline. Bloodline was yeah. an, the third season was an absolute waste of time. Bloodline could have been very, very good. Yes, and great characters, great actors, and then the third season they just threw it off a cliff. I thought. Yeah. Did you think the same? I did, yeah, and unsurprisingly, it was then cancelled. <laughs> well, no, they they knew it was going to be the last season before, so they were they were trying to get it to a really good conclusion, but they didn't even do that. I don't think the writing team did a good job with the third season at all. They knew it was going to be the last one, so it was just dead weird. I thought it was, they built the they built the tension of that show because that was similar tense all the way up to season two really well, and then threw it away. What a waste! Yeah. So if you if you want something that's going to end well, like as in have a good meaningful ending don't watch bloodline just don't waste no. your time just do don't not waste it. with this show though uh thank you dave for coming on and doing this but i think you could tell from the way we talked about it for nearly an hour now uh, after the 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 um the the spoiler free part we didn't stop there's and we haven't touched it i'm, I'm actually telling you the truth there's little bits and pieces that you could talk about like yeah. like dave said you could you've got to watch every single uh, or hear every single um, dialogue and and there's loads of meanings in what they're saying and stuff and we haven't even put, we haven't even talked about characters like the Langmore kids we haven't talked about their relationship and how they you know linked up with the daughter all these things there's so much we haven't talked about the kid and the and the animals nothing yet you know the son but we'll save it for obviously yeah. the next season because things will develop exactly and and like you 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 have to watch this show. you have to if you're not if you don't have like at the moment I know a lot of you know, the procedural shows are coming back. Um, so if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan or a whatever, that's all coming back because it's that time of year. But if you're looking for, if you've got a, a weekend where you've not got much on, sit down and binge watch this. And honest to God, you're not going to be disappointed. You're really going to, this, I, I don't know anyone that hasn't really enjoyed this show. Um, I think the worst rating I've seen it given by anybody on any website or anything is a 7 out of 10. Um, so, like, this is, it's a really, really good show. And like me and Gags have said a number of times, it's, it, it's really just the introduction. Like, yeah. there's so much scope for this to go forward. Um, Example and there's I so many characters. I introduced this to Nin. I think two days ago, she was just looking for a show. I said, oh, go and watch Ozaki. I love it. She doesn't normally watch something dark like this, but I think in two days, she's six episodes in. She's just, yeah. it's just, you don't put it down. Once it grips you, like we said at the start, you just do not stop watching it and yeah. it's done. And that's the problem with Netflix, like Dave said, then it's gone and you're like, oh, go away. We've waited no for one. Stranger Things for so long, you know, nearly a year and a half of Stranger Things as well. Yeah. Like you said, Dave. So, that is one problem, but what they're if what they're doing is they're trying to create every month or every week what their long game will be. Every week we're producing something that we've got fifty shows that are amazing, yeah. And over the year there'll be one a week for you, one a week, and that That's will exactly, be what yeah. you want, and that will be then when you it's bearable because you've got. And at that point, you just cancel your TV service and just have Netflix, yeah, or and Amazon, because and, and Amazon and there's good stuff on Amazon, right? Of course, between the two, that's, of but them. that's it. That's the thing. Between the two of them, and maybe Hulu gets their act together and gets some more decent shows. Handmaid's Tale was good. You don't. That's it. I and mean, then you don't need to have to be spending a hundred and twenty quid a month on Sky. He knows. You, he knows. You spend a, <laughs> you spend a tenner on Amazon, a tenner on this, yeah. and a tenner on Hulu. There's thirty quid a month. I've just saved you ninety quid a month. So what you need to do is then take that ninety quid and fucking. 
go and buy yourself something nice. Make yourself happy. Seriously, if you've got one of the new smart... Send me a tanner. All you send me a tanner. (laughs) And if you've got one of the new smart TVs, which have these apps built in, and you don't even need a HDMI cable or nothing, you just plug it on. And and, and Netflix now does it in in Ultra HD and and all these... You know, everything's just amazingly done within a TV without actually having anything to plug into it. So in the future... It looks, what clean, doing, it looks cleaner on your wall as well. Oh, you don't have any wires running out. Exactly. It, it just looks... It, it makes your house look nicer. It makes your life easier because you're not stressing about, you know, bills or any of that bullshit. Like, just takes all that away from you. It's, it's mad, so, isn't it, Dave? If you think about it, yeah. from where we are to where we were, say... 15 years ago how crazy even five years ago even five years ago even five years ago do you know and i mean you think now what are we going to where is it where's this going to go next like five years from now where are we going to be with this like and it is it's very very exciting like they, they look, they've come on leaps and bounds and as as things like netflix i mean netflix has been around a long time um in, in even its current format forgetting about the, the dvd rental but it mm. used to be mm. but i mean Netflix have come on in leaps and bounds. The start of it was uh, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Once they, when, when they did those two and then, you know, they've set the tone for them and they've really come on. Amazon have copied what Netflix have done. Hulu have copied what Netflix have done. Um, and like even Sky to the point of, you know, Sky on demand, Sky box office. That's just a blatant ripoff of Netflix. And that's why blatant. they did it. Was, they were losing so much custom to Netflix. Yep. yep. They had if to they do had, it. if, if they had sense, they'd just set it up, set up a deal with Netflix, you know? If they had any common sense, that's what they do. Cause the new Sky Q box has that kind of capability, um, for its next model. It is very good, mate. It's it, very good. It does have that capability to install apps. Oh, the next oh, really? The, yeah. Yeah. Because the current, the current Sky Q box actually does have apps on it, but they're Sky apps, they're specific Sky apps. So it does have the capability to install, like not for you personally to do it, but for Sky themselves to install third-party apps. So they could install Netflix on it if they were to strike a deal with Netflix. So, like, I mean, and, and don't don't rule that out because while people love to bash Sky, they are very forward-thinking. They are very innovative. I mean, trust me, you can sit at home and complain about your Sky box not working all you want. Come to fucking Canada. And try and use one of these Rogers boxes. They're fucking horrendous. Remember the old, the big square blocky sky box <laughs> yes. from about 2007 or so? Yeah. That's basically what the current Rogers box is. The remote control has about 85 buttons. Most of them do nothing. It doesn't work properly. It's so slow to react. Uh, my, this is, uh, this is how bad it is. Our, Sky, our Rogers box, the first remote we got, is sitting on a building site that's about 50 meters from my balcony. <laughs> you threw it out the window. I threw it, I just walked out in the balcony one day and fucked it over onto the building site. Oh my god. Um, because it just wouldn't work. It was, a, the box is lucky it didn't follow. If it wasn't the fact that I don't own the box, I'd actually have to return it when I leave this godforsaken place. Um, I, I, the box would have gone as well. I had to go and buy a new remote then. I have to say Sky Q is pretty amazing. It is. And once, like, I mean, I know they've, they've worked most of the kinks out. Once they work the rest of the kinks out of it, it's, it's different. Like it's, it's streets ahead of what anyone else is offering. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 I really like it. They, they cater it to you as well. This for you and stuff like that. I just, yeah. um, 
I mean, that's the, that's the only way they can counter smart TVs, you know, and these apps because they have to make it, a, it a better way of doing stuff. So, but Dave, you know what? Absolutely brilliant insight on Sky as well there. But it was really good to talk to you finally on on the box again and on such a great show. People that don't know, remember that uh, show was a what was it called? The, <laughs> the night of. <laughs> so for those that don't know. Mr. Tandon approached me and asked if I'd like to be on the podcast. I said, of course, Gags. You set up the time and date. Just let me know. Yeah, we messed up the dates a few times. Not a fucking message did I get. (laughs) Not a word did I hear. And all of a sudden, there's tweets going around. Oh, on the box, we did the night of. And I'm like, what the the fuck is this? No, we couldn't set a date at time. We've cancelled a few times. You never read. Not a word about it. Not a word that I hear. <laughs> Shut up. Not a word that I hear. I can go to, I listen. I have every message you've ever sent me in case they, <laughs> you ever say something incriminating that I can blackmail you with. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what you're doing, Dave. But no, what we'll do is we've we've got a few. Um, there's a few of the shows I think that are out that we can cover as well. So. I'm sure, actually, I like the one that what we've done at the end of this, the state of TV. I think there's something we could cover in terms of that for On The Box as well. And, for sure, um, I, I even think you could do like a one-off special podcast just, just talking about the state of TV at the moment and, mm. you know, the developments of T- in TV over the last 25 years, really, since Sky. Um, and Sky were innovators in what they were doing, you know. And sure. If you look, like, at, you go to Australia and you look at Foxtel, it's, it's just, it's Sky. It's just Sky. Well, Sky have actually outsourced it. I mean, in India, there's Sky Digital there as well. It's just yeah. a ch- it's just a simpler version that they've put there and stuff that they can do via um, text messaging. So they can exactly. actually get channels via text and it's just it's switched on really easy here. They're trying to make money out of the, the call centers and all the, you know. Of course. But, but over there, it's just a simple, you know what, send us a text and we'll charge you your bill through your phone and it's just all done. That way, really simple way of getting a channel on in India. But yeah. again, it's the same box. It's the same remote. It's all Sky. It's just outsourced over there. So That's I exactly. reckon they're making money uh, in different countries, in loads of countries, uh, from what they've done with technology. They're, but, making, they're making silly money. Yeah. They're making silly money. But, but what we could talk about, actually, is football on TV, Dave. Let's do that. In terms of yeah. BT, Sky and all that, and where it's going to go, I think that would be a great show for On The Box, and go all the way back to football coverage when we were kids. Not only yeah. that, sports shows, um, stuff like Match of the Day, not only that's a question of sport, let's go and cover all the stuff that we question watched as kids sport. and how it's evolved. Question of sport, and they think it's all over. Wow. Two, two of the great shows. What about Badil and Skinner? Oh, that was brilliant. That was genius. Stato, well. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> And that was your hero growing up, guys. Of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what I, we'll I, do... I could see Dan Rhodes as playing the role of style. Yeah. Uh, we know what we'll do. Because Rhodes, he's got like that real kind of like quiet, calm personality. Yeah. Like, and he's kind of... Rhodes is quite understated. He doesn't really doesn't really lose the rag too often. No, no. Um, you know, he's very, really good. What we'll player. do is... What we'll do... Um, We'll definitely set up that one to talk about uh, the evolving sports shows on TV. And uh, we'll get that done in the next few weeks if Dave's free. But Dave, fantastic, mate. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. No problem at all, Gags. Always a pleasure. Okay, guys, we'll be back with another On The Box very, very soon.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello Fresh. 